0: Well, good evening. It's great to um, great to be here again for the for the last evening, and um, I am I am um, extremely grateful to God for um, uh, probably about six or seven years ago I was introduced to uh, Gold Lake Ministries, and uh, my life has um, has been made richer uh, as a result of it. Uh, Daniel's leadership and um, the the servants of the, of those college-age students who lead and lead so well and serve and serve so well. Um, I am uh, th- This place has made an, uh, an impression on me and my family, and, um, and so I'm very, very grateful. And then I'm extremely grateful for this week. Um, each time I've come, I've met people that have made deposits into my life and and this week is no uh, this week is no different, so thank you, thank you for the questions and thank you for engagement and um, and we um, look forward to we want to save some time um, for uh, near um, near the end for uh, for individuals who desire to share their identity statements and so um, so I want to jump I want to jump right in, jump right into where uh, what we 've done and where we 've been and where. Uh, God wants to take us tonight. And so, um, and again, as we, um, we, we talked about, we started from this place of, um, of fear. Gideon being in the wine press is where we first meet him. And that, this is going to be significant for when we, uh, when we um, end it tonight. So we see starting in the wine press and then um, God taps him on the shoulder, taps him on the shoulder, and, and he speaks identity over Gideon. Says that you are a valiant, a valiant warrior, mighty man, of, mighty man of valor. And identity says, I am accepting what God says about me. And Again, it's very, very significant for us to be able to say, Whatever God says, that is the most important thing. That is the truest thing about us. And then Gideon is wondering, because he's from a small clan and he's from the tribe of Manasseh, if God is going to really be with him. And God really, uh, God shares, uh, tells him, the angel of the Lord tells him, which is the Lord himself saying, I will be with you. And then he gives him a sign. And that sign is, um, is a meal that Gideon prepares for the angel. And, um, and then when he brings the meal out, the angel strikes it down. And it was kind of a burnt offering as a sign that God is going to be with him. And then God gives Gideon a test. He gives Gideon a, um, a test. And that test is a test of obedience. It's a test of obedience. It's a test that says... Um, will will I really trust what God has said about me, and will I trust that he's going to be with me? And so he gives him a test, and that test is, before you fight the Midianites out there, you need to fight Baal in your home, your own home. And Gideon obeys. He takes his father's two prized bulls, and he tears down the altar with one, and then he actually uh, sacrifices the other. And so at that point, we know that Gideon is, um, is obedient and he's ready uh, to do what God wants him to do. And then God gives him, he gives him power. He is clothed with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit clothes himself with Gideon as he prepares to go and fight the Midianites and the Amalekites. To prove that Gideon is now bold and that he is filled, um, filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit has come upon him, he blows the war horn or the trumpet and the Abiezrites come, the ones that wanted to kill Kim. They actually come and side with him. And then you have individuals from Nasher and, uh, Asher and uh, Zebulon and Naphtali uh, to come and fight with him, men that he didn't know. And so we see that there's a sense of power that, um, that God gives him unlikely allies as He obeys and as He is empowered. And then um, then, right, right before he goes to war, which is a very, very interesting thing, as we talked about this morning, God says, "You have too many men." Like, 32,000 is nothing compared to 135,000, and now God, you're saying that I have too many people? He said, yeah, you do. He said, I want you to, I want you to, he does two siftings or strippings. The first one is everyone who's afraid, because we know fear is a contagion, and it will impact other people. So he sifts the first uh, 22,000 individuals who are afraid. And they go home. He's left with 10,000. And then God does another sifting. And that other sifting is, hey, there's, there's really no or, uh, reason or rhyme, rhyme or reason to it. It's that it's a, a, normal, a normal thing uh, that God does. And he whittles it down to 300 people. And God says, that's how I'm going to win the battle with 300 people. Now, if we were Gideon, we were saying, there's no way this is going to happen. But again, remember what God says, I can, I can have two people and I can put many to flight. So really Gideon only needed 27 people to do this because God's power was much greater, um, than the, uh, much greater than Gideon's army. And what God wants more than anything for his children to be dependent on him. And sometimes God will strip us of all that we know to be our own strength and power, to show that the power rests with Him, and that He will never ever let our voice go above His, to say that we've done this. All right. So that's that's where we've that's where we've been, and so um, so uh, there is uh, right before we look at the 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 battle itself. I want to I want to take a look at another word that God I think God gives us uh, in. In um, in this passage, so if you can look at um, if you can look at Judges chapter seven, we're going to pick up we're going to pick up at um, at verse number verse number nine, I believe verse number nine. Well, let me give you the let me give you the the word itself first. And the word is encouragement. Encouragement. And this is what encouragement says. This is what encouragement says. As we move from fear to faith, this is what encouragement says. I am submitting... Let me make sure that I am locked in. All right, why am I not? That's not working. I don't know, Paula, can you help me? Oh, I think oh wait wait a minute. I think there we go. All right, there we go. All right. All right, so encouragement says, I am submitting to a fresh hearing of God's word. I am submitting to a fresh hearing of God's word. I love this I love this next section that um, that 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 God gives Gideon. And this is um, this is what it says. Actually, you're going to pick up at verse number 9. And um, so, so, now, um, so now all of the—Gideon is down to 300 people. He's down to 300 people, and God has already told him, you have too many. And then at verse 9, this is what it says. That same night, the Lord said to him, Arise and go down to the camp, for I have given it into your hand. Now, this is the fourth time that God has told Gideon, I am giving Midian into your hand. And so what God does, God encourages Gideon to, in two ways. The first way he encourages Gideon, he encourages Gideon by giving him another promise. He says, I, and I have given the Midianites into your hand. In other words, what God is actually saying here, he is saying it as if it has already happened. So this is not something that is about to happen. This is something that is already true, and now Gideon just simply needs to walk in it. So he has already given Gideon the battle. And then he says in verse 10, but if you are afraid to go down to the camp with Pura your servant, if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura your servant. And so now, now Gideon is about to go into battle, and God knows that right before we get ready to go into battle, right before we get ready to do what he has called us to do, he knows the human situation, and the human situation is always saying, God, we may not ever say it, but God says, I know you're going to need more encouragement. And so, I am going to remind you of the promises that I've given you. I'm going to remind you of the very thing that I told you two times, three times, four times. And every now and then, because we are made of dust, we need a reassurance from God. And God indulges at times, and He reassures us, and He says, I've promised that to you. I'm going to affirm that promise to you. Now it's time for you to actually believe and accept what I've said. So he actually encourages Gideon with another promise. But then he goes on, and this is what, uh, this is what he says. He says, uh, but if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp, go down to the camp with, uh, with Pura, your servant, and this is, this, is so, this is so amazing. And you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. So now I'm asking myself as a good Bible student, what in the world am I going to hear that will give me more strength than I already have or what I don't have? What am I going to hear? What's going to happen that, that's going to help me, that, strength, that will strengthen my hand, that will give me the, the motivation to go further? Well, listen to what the text says. So listen to what the text says. And he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outposts of, of the armed men who were in the camp. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance. And their camels were without number as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. What the writer is saying here that that there are so many people. There are so many animals. There are so many camels. The camels and chariots always represent the strength of an army. So this is a display of not just the numbers. This is a display of strength. Now Gideon sees all of this. He sees all of this, and I can only imagine. He is like, whoa, can I turn back now? It's like when I I got ready to jump out of the plane, can I turn back now? Like, Like they kept saying... Like like when I when I watched the video, you might die, and you might die, and you might die, and I was like, okay, can I turn back now? And I think Gideon is is feeling that way, and this is what the text goes on to say. Verse thirteen, when Gideon came. Now now they can't see him. Behold, one of the Midianites or the Amalekites. He was telling of a dream that he had. So God had given this soldier a dream. He was telling a dream to his comrade, to one of the other soldiers. Now, listen to the dream. And he said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And behold, a cake of barley bread. Tumble. Now, the cake of barley bread is a poor man's food. This is what poor people ate, and it was crumbly, and it was embarrassing, if you will, and yet this man dreams a dream, and it's a dream that a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp, of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned upside down so that the, it laid the tent flat. How can a piece of barley bread that is a poor man's food, that is a weak man's food, come into a camp and turn over an entire camp? Now, Gideon is listening to this. The men don't know that Gideon is right there, and this is what the man says. And his comrade answered—this is so funny—this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. So God gave a dream to these Midianites and Amalekites. He gave a dream, and it is a dream. Not only did he give the dream, he gave the interpretation to individuals who were pagans, who did not know God. And he gave this dream and the interpretation, and the interpretation said that Gideon is about to whoop our butts. That's exactly, that's Marvinized a little bit, but that's kind of the idea that God has placed this dream in their hearts to remind, them, to, to let them know. And Gideon comes up and he sneaks up and he overhears them telling the dream. Now, it is one thing. It's one thing for your teammates to say, we're going to win the battle. But it's a whole nother thing altogether for your enemies to say, they too big and they're about to whip our butts. And that encouraged Gideon. God put the victory in his enemy's mouth. And Gideon heard it. And his hands were strengthened. You know how I know his hands were strengthened? This is what Gideon says as soon as Gideon heard. Heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped. That's number one. He at that point recognized he was in the presence of God, and God, from the wine press all the way to almost the battlefield, God had been with him, and he worshiped him. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, listen to the the strength in his voice. Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. And he divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets in their hands, And uh, and, and all of them in empty jars with torches inside the jars. He said to them, look at me. This doesn't look like Gideon in the wine press. And do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I blow the trumpet and uh, when I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me then blow the trumpet also on every side of all the camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. That is such an amazing story. And I think God gives God gives us this kind of encouragement. He gives us this kind of encouragement. Because he knows who we are. He knows who we are. And so God communicates to us, and he communicates encouragement to us from a variety of sources. He communicates encouragement to us from his word, and I hope some have been encouraged this week. He communicates through his spirit. He communicates in through circumstances. He communicates through community. And sometimes he communicates through dreams and visions. Now, I know that may be outside of some people's purview, but I believe that God still communicates in various ways. I believe he still communicates in through visions and dreams. I have talked to Muslims who are in the Middle East and they see visions of Jesus and they come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I was talking to someone at dinner and someone said that, that I know of a testimony of a Turkish man who came to know Jesus because he had a vision of Jesus Christ. Another woman where Jesus came and sat with her and ate with her because, because they didn't have the word in those places. They didn't have the preaching in the places like we have. And Jesus shows up and he shows up in visions and dreams. And so God encourages us in these moments where we feel afraid, where we wonder if God is with us. Several weeks ago, um, I was at an event, and, um, and uh, part of the event is that these individuals, uh, it was a men's retreat. They give gifts. They, they bring gifts to the retreat, and they ask God before the retreat uh, they ask God before the retreat, "What gift should I bring?" And as the retreat goes on, they ask God, "Which what gift do you want me to give the person in uh, in this retreat?" As either the Holy Spirit prompts, or as they are talk, as as one of the retreaters are talking, and God prompts. And so I am, I am sitting there, and, um, and again, I'm, I'm there not as Pastor Marvin. I'm just there as another man on a retreat. And as uh, one of the guys, Zach, who's one of the leaders, um, and the leaders do this. So one of the leaders says, hey, I got a gift. And he stands up, and he comes to me, and he gives me a $2 bill. Gives me a $2 bill with royal oak on it. I think it's either a golf club or a casino. I think, let's go with golf club, all right? We'll go with golf club. And, um, and so Royal Oak is there. And so he comes up to me and says, hey, I, I see God is saying to me, you are Royal Oak. Um, you are strong and your ministry is strong. And He said a couple of other things. And he says, I just simply want to let you know that God is at work in your life. So he hands me the $2 bill. And I am chuckling, I'm laughing on the inside. I am laughing on the inside. Why am I laughing? Because I have been collecting $2 bills for the longest part as I can remember. I have been collecting, and that was a way where God was encouraging me in that moment, Marvin, I see you. You're not alone. You're not lifting 600 pounds without a spotter. And and for him, Zach didn't know, had no clue that I collect. I have a drawer full of $2 bills. And for God to prompt him, it could have been $5. It could have been $20. I wish it was $20, but it was, it was $2. A $2 bill that I've been collecting for the better part of my life. And it was a way that I felt the Encouragement of the Spirit of God like never before. And if we were to work the room right now, you have those same kinds of stories where someone gave you a verse or someone sent you a text message. Someone said something and it lifted you. And I think, I think God gave him this dream or at least allowed him to hear this dream to encourage him. And the way we move from fear to faith, from from identity all the way to to this place of faith, to this place of faith, we need encouragement. We need a word from God to remind us that we are on God's mind. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. And this is why we need encouragement, because Jesus knows we need it. He says, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And I know somebody came here this week and you were tempted to turn back. You were tempted to throw in the towel. You were tempted to say it's not worth it anymore. And yet Jesus has been tempted like we have been, but without sin. And in verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so if 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 nothing else this week has been about you and I drawing nearer to God, drawing near to Jesus so that we might find grace and encouragement. So here's the here's the rest of the story. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to not going to um, do a whole lot with it just other than read it. Now we've come this far. So Gideon and the 100 and the 100 men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch when they had just set the watch they blew the trumpet smashed the jars that were in hands then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars they held in their their left hands the torches and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran. They cried out and fled. When they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the, all the army. And the army fled as far as Beth-Shittah toward Zerorah as far as the border of uh, Abel-Mealoah by Tabith. And the men of Israel were called out from Naphtali and from Asher and from all Manasseh, and they pursued after Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout all of the hill country of Ephraim, saying, come down against the Midianites and capture the waters against them, as far as Bethbara, and also the Jordan." So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they captured the waters as far as Bethbara and also the Jordan. And they captured the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeb they killed where? At the winepress. The winepress of Zeb. You see how the writer has brought us full circle? He's brought us full circle. Gideon was fearful and afraid, hiding out in the wine press, and now he's killing people in the wine press. He went from fear, recognizing his identity, understanding that the presence of God was with him, being obedient to what God has revealed, endued, with power, depending on God when his numbers were low, receiving encouragement from God, and as a result, God rewards his faith. He rewards his faith, and he rewards it with, he ends up where he started, but he ends up where he started, a different man. And I would hope that in your journey from your wine press to your battlefield, you'll end up a different person. You'll end up a different person for you, your family, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your friends, for your community, for your church, for your elders, for your deacons, for your small group, uh, small group, small group leaders. I hope that you'll come out of the wine press because God needs more people on the battlefield fighting battles that everyone else is afraid to fight. I challenge you, as men, as women, as husbands, as fathers, as, mo- as, as mothers and, and wives and friends and aunties and, and, and uncles, I challenge you to walk out of this place and not just let this be a good message or a few good messages or, or, or messages. Again, I don't know if they were good, just messages. And that you walk out of here saying, what is my step? And uh, where is God calling me in these next uh, this next season of life? All right. So I want to I want to stop there. I want to stop there because I want to give us um, opportunity to um, uh, for those who may have uh, you've written out your identity statement and you said, man, I think I want to I want to stand and I want to I want to share this. I would love for you um, for you to. Stand right where you are, and and um, I think we'll give, we'll have microphones um, to, um, if you are feeling brave enough to say, yeah, I took time, and here's the first pass at it, and and I want to share it with uh, one of the, one of the, uh, Bryce, is Bryce here? Um, he shared his with me at lunch, right before lunchtime, and again, I just, man, I felt like Gideon, I felt like, like, like running through a wall with him, and um, and so um, so anyway, just I want to give I want to give space um, and for for our encouragement. So, anyone who's who said, okay, I think I want to be the first one, the initiator. Oh, We have one over here, Polar. Let's give it up for him.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I just, I wanna say thank you for a wonderful and inspiring week, personally. uh, The Holy Spirit found a really, really fine set of clothes to wear this week, so thank you. (laughs) I am Christopher, loved by God and obedient to his word as a bringer of light. I am a believer and a leader. From the spirit I am called as a gifted teacher here to facilitate the growth of others and help develop better humans around me. I will be a blessing to all those I meet. I am the spark that lights the fire of belief and learning for others. I am a devoted husband of Bethany, showing her caring, love, and positivity, giving her a partner to work with and receiving the Spirit's blessing through her with a belief in me like no one else, along with direct insight into how I can be better myself. I am a loving father to three brilliant daughters of God, Nora, Cecilia, and Brigida. As my father does for me, I will guide their growth with patience, wisdom, and perseverance. And patience, and perseverance. And patience. <laughs> I am the imperfect cloak mm. made perfect when I allow him to wear me. Mm. The spirit decorates me in so many outstanding ways as a believer and leader with a strategic mindset and an understanding of context and people, with enthusiasm and passion, with patience and caring, with creativity and positivity with a playful spirit and serious demeanor. I am resilient and focused in the face of challenges. I stand up for what is right, and I see the good in all around me and speak the positive. I desire to do God's will, even when that will seems unclear to me. I am called to be more yet to be revealed. I know the Lord will guide me.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's. Woo! So cool. Thank you. So cool. Do we have another taker? All right, we have one here.
2: I, too, want to thank you and Larry uh, for a wonderful week. This is version (laughs) (laughs) 1.0. I am an imperfect woman who is made perfect and whole through Christ. Mm -hmm. I am more than enough by the Holy Spirit who fills me and calls me his own. Mm -hmm. I am a cistern of joy. My cup overflows into the lives of those around me. This joy wakes me each morning, refreshing my soul like the morning dew refreshes the earth. My days are anointed with mercy. Mm. I am a tree planted by streams of living water whose roots reach deep and firm into the foundation of God's word. I bear fruit in season and my leaves do not wither. Mm. I am strong and provide shelter and shade for my family. My prayers, like strong hands, build walls of protection around my husband and children so that the fiery darts of Satan will not penetrate their lives. Like skilled craftsmen, they weave threads of grace and truth into their lives. I am a warrior. I am strong, for he has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power and might and of sound mind. I am a beloved child of the sovereign king. I delight in my father, and he delights in me. Woo!
0: Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, say follow that, right? (laughs) Yeah. All right, we have Ron right here. Right here.
3: So I, too, want to thank you for for this week. It's been very timely, personally as well. Um, Also my 1.0. (laughs) By the grace of God, I am a valiant warrior. I am made in the image of Christ, created just as He purposed. I am a pursuer of peace and a servant of the Good Shepherd. I am blessed and honored to call Heather my wife. I am gifted with three wonderful children. I am a counselor of truth, desiring to share with others the Word of God. I live justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with my God. I seek first His kingdom. I'm a man who is alert. I am a man who stands firm in the faith. I am pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. I am here to make Jesus famous. I am a valiant warrior. Yeah, yeah that's
2: That's so
0: cool, so cool. right here
4: I'm a child of God birth first out of the mind of God with a unique purpose with his unique purpose on my life apart from God I am incomplete but in God I am complete like Jesus I can do nothing apart from the Father and the Holy Spirit I'm the part I'm a part of the body of Christ created to nurture and be nurtured by the other parts. I am awesome because I was created in God's image, and he is awesome.
1: <laughs>
4: As I am being filled with the Holy Spirit, we find parts that, be- that believe Satan's lies, and we bring them into the presence of God to be transformed into his likeness. Instead of cowering in fear, one of my little ones slides down the armrest on the throne of God and lands on the back of a lion. Another little one does chin ups on Jesus' outstretched arms. <laughs> I'm a daughter who has released her parents not to be perfect and meet my needs to be delighted in. I'm a mother who asks forgiveness for the ways I've fallen short with Christian, Kristen, Danielle, and Mike, my awesome kids, and their, with their awesome grandchildren. My spirit man gets stronger each day as I read the word and chat with Father, Jesus and Holy Spirit. My spirit man, you are under the leadership of God and I ask you to continue to rule over my soul and my body. I am at rest in a hammock with God overlooking the cosmos. I'm blessed and I'm delighted to be in God's presence and I help others see how much God delights in them and uniquely sets them free to be loved and to love others. I am, because the great I am has called me to be one with him. And I'm also the wife (laughs) who looks to God to love my husband just as he is.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll we'll try to take one more if one more is ready because we want to make sure that we're uh, prepared to receive the kids for the uh, the talent show tonight uh, for the the uh, for tonight's uh, programming. So we'll try to take one more if one more is ready. All right, right here.
5: Thank you very much for this week. I've been extremely blessed. I'm a mother, a provider, a protector, and a shepherd of my children's hearts. My children belong to God, and He takes care of what is His. All that I am and all that I have are by God's grace, and God's grace is sufficient for me. I'm a truth seeker, period. I'm called by God to bring His kingdom to earth to point the way to perfect grace, mercy, and love through Jesus Christ. I may stumble, but he will never let me fall headlong. Hmm. He has a purpose for my life that includes but is also beyond the scope of serving the needs of my family. He will provide for every small detail to make a way where I do not see a way to accomplish what he calls me to do. I'm adopted into a royal family of saints, and I am surrounded by faithful witnesses. I'm a testament to the fact that God uses broken things. Mm -hmm. I have been refined by fire Mm -hmm. and shaped by the hand of God like clay on the potter's wheel. I am beauty from ashes Mm -hmm. and strength from fear. Mm -hmm. The greatest thing I have ever done is give my life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I am part of something bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. I am in the center of the will of the creator of the universe. I am redeemed. Apart from him, I can do nothing. I am never alone, for wherever I go, he goes with me.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, so thank you. Thank you for um, trying your hand at that. And I would say continue tweaking, um, continue um, uh, building on that. One of, uh, I think Melinda, Melinda asked earlier today at dinner, she said, so how long do you think it took um, Gideon to go from fear from the wine press to the other wine press? He said the Bible doesn't tell us. The Bible doesn't tell us how long it took, and that's, I'm glad it doesn't tell us that, because it lets us know that we are we're all on a journey, and um, and we can't put a timestamp on it to say that we finally arrived at faith. I love what my brother said earlier that our faith grows at every step, and so my encouragement to you is continue growing in your faith, continue leaving the wine press. Because there will be, if you're in a wine press now, you're walking through, there will be another situation that you have to do it. It's a cycle. It's a cycle that we'll be doing this for the rest of our lives as we depend on God. Uh, I would dare say if, um, that even as you leave, continue writing that statement. And as I encourage one person to do, which I've not done um, with mine yet, I will get mine laminated and laminated and put it in a prominent place, um, whether in the shower or whether it is some place where I can see it and rehearse it even, I mean, you wanna make use of the shower, right? So uh, rehearse it. So when I get ready to walk out of the door, I'm walking out of the door um, ready, uh, ready to show up, ready to show up in the world that God gives us. And so that's my encouragement to you. And um, if you don't mind, can I close our time in, in prayer together? God, thank you for your people. Thank you that you love us, love us all in a unique way. I thank you for speaking to all of us, including myself this week. Thank you for encouraging me uh, with my own food. And, um, and I'll continue to taste it and taste it and eat it and let it metabolize. And, and I pray that you would bless your people in the same way. I pray that your words would find a lodging in their lives, not just for this week, but beyond. I pray that there would be a, a group of men and a group of women that they entrust themselves to to be their identity group calling out identity in them. I pray that you would protect their minds and protect their hearts, protect their families from the evil one. I pray that you would give empower them by your spirit control, their tongues, control their eyes, their ears, their hands and their feet. I pray that when they go back to their neighborhoods, when they go back to their communities, subdivisions, that their house would be different, their drives would be different, they would make a, a, a greater impact in their community. I thank you for how they've poured out for me this week, conversations we've had and uh, ways in which they've encouraged me greatly. And so we pray now that you would bless us and keep us, cause your face to shine upon us, Uh, be gracious to us, and give us your peace. Uh, We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Marvin.